Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. summer long only with Valero Pay Plus. Download the app and start saving right now. Additional terms and conditions apply. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back in St. Vincent's, and we're still talking Hall of Honor because we got one more guy left yes, we do. on that prestigious class. And I can't help it. Reagan came in and oh, showed us a yeah, worm. Dude, you could do Come it. Come on, in the permafrost. You could do it. 46,000 years, and the worm comes back to life. Captain America wasn't in the in the frost that long. No, he was not in the frost that long because obviously it was, it was between World War II and the modern era, so – you know, you're looking at about a 50-year span. And, of course, um, I will even throw this out. Another another movie, Demolition Man. Oh, Remember that? A, that? That was a yeah. cryo prison. Yeah, yeah. there so, you I go. Mean, so, listen. This is the this show This is where Hollywood squirrels, comes to life. Yeah, right? it is a show You know, Max and I go along, I'll say, squirrel. Thing yeah. shoots across our brain, and then it can't help it. You can't let it go. You can't <laughs> let it go. And then, of course, my, my not only just fear, but disdain for worms. Because oh. I think of, like, tapeworms and other things. Oh, else. I know. That's just, it's just, ah, heebie-jeebies. Can you imagine yeah. a worm comes back to life after being in the permafrost for 46,000 46, years? Not just 40, Walt but Disney 46, is jealous right now. <laughs> It's <laughs> going, hey, the worm. Yeah. Hey, you did it with the worm. Why can't you do it with me? <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. Okay. okay. That is enough worm talk. All right. Here we go. Enough worm talk. We're talking about James Debo Harrison. First of all, how do you get the name Debo? Well, I, I, I think it would kind of be, uh, it would be kind of obvious. So the movie Friday came out, right, with okay. Ice Cube and Chris Tucker. Okay. And there was a, there was a character on there. All right. And this is a dude that everybody, like, feared in the neighborhood. And, like, you just did what he said. And you were scared. You, you tuck your chain in. So okay. that's kind of the phrasing. Like, oh, man, Debo's coming. You tuck your chain in. Okay. It's like, I'm a, you know, you hide your stuff. And so <laughs> that's what it was with, you know, James, because James was such a physically imposing character. Diminutive in size. Yeah. But imposing. And he created this kind of bad boy persona that he was just going to, he was going to take your lunch. So that's where – and then when he'd start jacking guys up, especially on special teams, everybody's like, man, man, he's Deboing dudes. You say Deboing guys. Okay. Back, back, in, back in my day, I okay. guess I have to say that. Um, but he developed that because the first, his first nickname was Silverback. Right. Because, Who named him that? Do you remember that? I think all of us did. Okay. We're, we, I think it was all in agreement. It was like we had, we had like a team meeting without him. Like, hey, what are we going to nickname him? And uh, he's like, he's built like a Silverback gorilla. Like, I mean, he's just stronger than everybody else, yep. had those long arms, and he would just stalk and just look at you and wouldn't say anything. So you'd have, you know, you know how gorillas kind of look, and they just, like, like they're chewing on some grass. Yep. Not saying anything. Just right. just, chewing. Yep. That's, that was his permanent facial expression. And it was like, it was like I know so much more than you. You know, almost <laughs> like very, very dismissive. Yeah. I remember talking to. I was riding on the bus, actually up at training camp here, 
uh, some years after, well, with with one of the, the linebacker coaches, I don't need to, I'm not going to name, but he says, you know, he said he would be in our room and he'd just look at you. You know, just, he goes, you just stare at you. And he goes, you know, I got kind of scared after a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going, Wait a minute. You're coaching him. Yeah, once know? again, but you he never goes, know. But, he says it just kind of made you feel uneasy, man. He just looked at you with that look like, you know, I could crush you. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, and it, it cut, so Jamie Foxx did a, uh, did a did a comedy skit. It was called I Mean Might Need Security. It was talking about Mike Tyson. Okay. It's like when Mike Tyson walks in a room, you know, you feel uneasy like a pit bull is off the leash right now. <laughs> that's what that, – that, that, that was James Harrison. You're like, you you're like, whoa, wait a second. What's he doing? Hey, get your pit dog. <laughs> and so, and, and, you know, when you think about – the journey that James Harrison had to get here. Yes. And you talk to guys who were on the team when he had gotten cut here before and just like – Not just once. Not just once, but twice. And then getting cut in Baltimore, right? I mean, you know, going through this journey where, you know, you're a little bit undersized at a position that at the time demanded taller guys, right? Yes. Like Willie McGinnis of the world were yeah. the, the standard length. for the outside linebackers. Joey Porters, Clark Hagens, right? James Harrison didn't fit that mold. He was about 5'10", and he had long arms, but he was strong, but he didn't really get the concepts. And so you get cut, you go to NFL Europe, you come back, then you get cut again, go back to the NFL Europe, and you're just a ping-ponging back across right. the pond. And then finally in 2004, you know, James Harrison comes back. and Wasn't he, it Clark broke his hand or something, weightlifting? Clark hurt his hand, yeah. Yeah, hurt his right. hand. Clark hurt his hand, and so – he was in camp and, you know, had an opportunity. But, you know, Bill Cower made the statement that, you know, if you want to make this team, if you're on the fringes, show me what you can do in special teams. And so that's what James Harrison did. He came out, I mean, was punishing on kickoff coverage. Absolute punishing. And then punt coverage. I mean, he was blowing dudes up. I can imagine. So, And that was also the time when <clears> – <throat> Cower coming off of that 2003 season, the 6-10 and 10 season. I didn't know this at the time that this was an attitude readjustment or a refocusing <laughs> of the Steeler way the year I came in and Ben came in um, to the league. And I was like, man, this is a physical practice. But that was what Cower wanted to do because he wanted to run the football. He wanted to establish the run. He wanted a physical, tough defense that was going to deny you at every turn. And – that's what James kind of came in right in that era, and he fit in because he was doing those things on tape. Mm -hmm. And so you think about that. He's a special teamer. It's, it's him, Sean Morey, Clint Crewalt. Like, those are like your core four guys, and they were going to punish you. I mean, there was no plays off uh, when you played us back then. And then, you know, we turn around that season, go 15-1, and one, and he's primarily a contributor from the special team side. And then – gets a couple of rotational plays when PZ and, and Clark, you know, needed a blow. He was the third guy in. <clears throat> and then that Cleveland game happens. Yes. And William Green. William Green and Joey Porter. And now that's hence why we have the 45s. Now, if you ever go to a stadium yeah. <laughs> and you're in there early enough, teams don't go past their respective 45s now. Yeah. Because before that fight <laughs> – Yes. You could go all the way up to the 49.999 yard line. Right, correct. And Joey used every single centimeter and blade of grass that he was allowed, and he would just stalk you back and forth. Back, and he'd pick a guy out, and he'd just start trash-talking him from the start 
to finish. Well, William Green got a little sensitive, and he came up to his 49.99-yard line, last blade of grass. They're almost like nose-to-nose, and then fireworks. Fireworks, baby, because I know I was on the sidelines, and I was doing a uh, play-by-play of the match. Uh Because they came out, and and there was a a, a double smack duration, each one, and then you got William Green came with the right hand, and and you got Debo rolled. I'm sorry, uh, Joey rolled back, came with his own right hand, and yeah. scored the first first point. Yeah, the overhand right overhand never fails. Right, right, right. right, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I was and, and touch was going crazy up in the booth, and I was yeah. going, and he came with an overhand right. No, now he moves circles to his left. Now he's got the jab working. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Watch the rib shot. Okay, boom, blocks that. I mean, and, and you know, we're sitting. We're sitting down, you know, I'm laying down about the 15-yard line uh-huh. doing stretch. Yes. And then and then you see it happen, and you're like, you get up, what and you happens? start running, and then you're like, oh, wait a second, I can't get suspended. <laughs> Not only that, did you have your helmet? Yeah, exactly. Did you have your helmet? And then it was just a scrum. Then referees come out, and then they just start kicking guys out of the game. Oh, man. And that's what gives James Harrison his first start opportunity. And from that, we say, is history. Exactly so. Yeah, and because he grabbed the reins. He had some great, uh, some good uh, stats coming out of that. I think game. he had like two and a half sacks that game. Did he really? I think wow. he did. I think he actually had like two and a half. He had a real good stat line, and I think that made it easier the following year um, to let Joey go because of the play of James Harrison. Um, but also another memorable moment from him in Cleveland as well. So funny, funny how much he had avarice for yeah. Cleveland. Uh, Everest. Oh, yes. Hoopy would be going. Oh, there we go. You're going to class. Throwing them in there. (laughs) And what happened was, remember the fan running on the field? Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. So we're on offense. And we're about to get ready for a play. And then the referees are blowing the whistle. We're like, man, what happened? I was like, we had plenty of time on the clock. You know, you start thinking about, why are we getting whistle? I don't want to go back five yards, right? And then we kind of look at, oh, and and so at this point, I'm at right tackle. So. I'm kind of looking over Ben's shoulder, kind of at the opposite sideline, and a fan has gotten on the field. Yep. Warren, and who was running back? Uh, Veron Haynes. Veron Haynes. Veron yes. was there. Yes. Yeah, Veron was there. Because Veron wanted no, nothing to do with that dude when he came L- out. Listen, Veron turned around, and he started backpedaling behind us. <laughs> oh, yeah. He and knew then, where to go. Yeah, then we step up. We, we protect Ben because we're like, we don't know what this person is yeah. going to do. So Ben kind of gets into and the huddle. And by the we way, circle in him. all seriousness, yeah. you have no idea what some Coco Loco no. is going to do when yeah. they run on the field. They're out there. Because they're not really in their right mind in the first place. Yeah, because so. you know that you, you are getting banned forever yeah. from that stadium and from pro sports arenas for the rest of your life. It's almost like getting blacklisted on an airline. Yes. Right, if you yes. show out on an airline. And so we're kind of, and everybody's kind of sizing up, but nobody's going to say anything, you know, or go attack because you don't know what he has on him. Right. And at a time where, you know, we had 9-11 had already passed, and so – you just you're always unsure. You're always uneasy. So he makes his way across the field. And he's like turning around, and he you, and by this he's point we, we all know he's drunk as hell oh, at yeah. this point. So we're like, oh man! But he's Cowher standing on the field just yelling, and he's pissed, and the chin is going, and the spit's flying, and then the guy kind of gets about maybe five to seven yards away from BC, maybe maybe a little bit further, ten yards, and then you just see Debo just step in front of BC, yeah, walks up to the guy calmly. Guy doesn't know he's there. The guy turns around, and Debo suplexes him, gives him the full-on just slam. 
I mean, it was WWE or WWF back then. Yes. WWE-esque and just slams this guy into the ground with such force and then just holds him down with his left hand. And the guy can't move. The cops come in and arrest him. And you were just like, wow. I actually, funny enough, so in the strip they actually made a shirt. Oh, it yeah? was called the slam, and it showed the moment when he's oh, like, "Oh yeah!" I still have that T-shirt. Really? I still oh. have that T-shirt because I have like a, I have a section in my closet where I keep kind of some of the, the classic T-shirts um, that the strip district made. The one and, and done T-shirts. Yeah, the yeah. one and done T-shirts. And I there's and funny enough, James Harris and I are on the same T-shirt. Really? Another one, and they called him the trash compactor and called me the bulldozer. <laughs> and it shows a picture of James like crushing a dude. Like, like a trash compactor, and then it shows like me like mowing, and like there's like tracks coming behind. Oh, uh, I think I, I've seen that. Yeah, I, I love I I loved all the strip district shirts. I used to always go buy That's strip cool. district shirts because you knew they were going to give you a fun fan perspective oh, yeah. about stuff. But um, but yeah, Debo was one that that lore started there, but then it continued onto the field. Exactly. So you know what? Are the, just to wrap up that dude in Cleveland, the funny part was yeah, that was Christmas weekend. The That's, dude got yeah. thrown in jail, and there's no judges. So he spent like three days waiting for a judge to show up and sat in jail. Good for him because he deserved to be there. Yeah, That's he, sheer a, stupidity. absolutely sheer stupidity. And then we went on to beat the brakes off off the Browns that game. <laughs> yeah. That was like all we needed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so more motivation. Now, do you remember that game? Monday oh, night football yes. against uh, the Ravens. Man. He that sh- game, you- every time he showed up against the Ravens. Was that – man, that was personal with him. It, it just was. just personal. I mean, he took it – he – as I mean, you say – Look at that. You remember that? Nine tackles, three and a half sacks, sacks three, three forced fumbles. fumbles, one – I'm sorry, three – yeah, three forced fumbles, yeah. one fumble recovery, and one interception. And we, What a game. And we beat them 38-7 to seven oh, on prime yeah. time Ben, football. like, threw five TD passes in the first half. Yeah, it was – I mean, that was one where it was just sheer domination. Like, we had we – had, we had a, a bone to pick with them. You uh, always like, had a bone to pick. Yeah, that was, that was. I loved Mike Tomlin. Two trains, one track. That perfect description of yeah. those matchups back and, then. And that's back when he, you know, he he would describe the night before. He'd say, you know, we'd listen to big game music. A little Phil Collins in the air tonight. Oh yeah. So he would he, at the end of the meeting. He closed the meeting um, the night before, and then he'd he'd tell Andy, "Hey Andy, turn the lights off." <laughs> He's like, and Andy had like this little computer speaker, and he would have it full tweaked up. And he's like, "All right, guys, I need y'all to close your eyes. I need you to visualize." Really? And nobody would say anything. Lights were off. You'd sit in the room, music would play, and you would just sit there visualizing the game in your mind. He would do this, and then when the lights went on, nobody said anything, and you just departed the meeting room, went to your room, got ready for bed. Ooh, because that's you powerful. knew. You knew what that game was. That game was one where you're not just going to feel it in game. You're going to feel that game the next two weeks. Yeah. That's just how physical of a matchup it was. And when you're talking about the heyday of the AFC North, I mean, it didn't get any bigger. That's why it was on Monday Night Football, right? Mm, right. That's why we got Sunday nights. We got the prime time for that game because they knew it was must-see it was must-see football. Everybody in the country needed to see this game. Yes. And every time, it was a bloody, physical, knockdown, drag-out affair. And 
even when you won, like we did, thirty-eight to seven. Yes. You still feel like you lost when you when you show up on on Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> well, so it was Monday night. Show up Wednesday, because you're going to feel it the whole week. And whoever you played that next week, it was like you had to muster up all of your energy because oh, you you, you you borrowed energy from the future <laughs> to, <laughs> to use in that game against them. And there was no love lost at all. No, none at all. And right now, as we are watching over the fields. We're watching Coach Mike Tomlin That's crossing right. the field, field number two. The solo that, stroll, baby. Yeah. I wonder, it looks like you got specialists out on the field. No, nah, everybody, they're just walking down the hill. Are they? Oh, I all, see. Oh, okay. it, it looks like an ant farm from our All right, I'm all, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm all discombobulated. Yeah, they don't, want, they don't want to walk down that steep hill. Let's take the gradual decline, cut across it. All there. right, now that smartness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm good now. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, no. No, but but to kind of go back to Debo real quick, I mean, no more menacing. I mean, when you look at the stats, right? I mean, five-time Pro Bowler. He was a two-time All-Pro as well. Yes. Two Super Bowl victories. The AP Defensive Player of the Year in 2008. Uh, still, what, the only undrafted player undrafted player to actually do that and attain that honor. Isn't that amazing? Think about that. Of all the defensive the history, players of the year yeah. in the history. Over 100 years. <laughs> yeah. You got one undrafted guy comes out and wins it, and it's Debo. That's, it says everything about the man. Cut how many times, and you then become the guy that has this illustrious career and still looks pound for pound one of the strongest human beings because you can still catch his, his social media posts, and he's, like, oh, yeah. doing, like, ridiculous amounts of dips with 45-pound plates. Oh, I know. On, on, on the belt. And Multiple. He, yeah, 500-pound bench press still yeah i mean he's still doing it at a very high level an actor now. an actor an yes. actor but uh james harrison rounding out that hall of honor class he's uh yeah a tremendous dude listen I, I i can't tell you the countless battles i've had on him oh, in yeah. fact it brings back ptsd think looking at field four <laughs> because you know that the whole cam uh statement he made a couple days ago oh line stay off the quarterback oh yeah yep what was a deep that's what Debo did to me one day in shells. Well, we're taking it easy, and both of us—I mean, we've been on—we've been on the team for years. It's like yeah. my sixth, seventh year in the league, and Debo, it's like it's shells, all right, Debo. Yeah. But Debo only knows one speed, right? So I'm like, hey, man, we're going through, and I kind of take it light on this play. Uh oh. Debo decides that in shells, ah, it, it looks like pads, so it must be pads <laughs> to him. And we have these spider pads that are just like—I mean, it's just foam, it's yeah. just foam, and. He pushes me back into Ben after I get to my stopping point. Ooh. And I step on Ben's foot. Oh. And Ben twists his ankle. Oh, oh, that's bad. I got yelled at and I got called a lot of unchristian names yeah. uh, <laughs> in that moment. And Debo just walks back to the huddle, smirks. Yeah. And I'm cussing Debo out yeah. because I'm like, what you are you doing in this moment? I'm like, I stopped. I'm like, I'm like. You broke the etiquette. Yeah, you broke the etiquette in a non-competitive drill. And his starters on starters just going through schematics. And you did that. I'm like, I'm like, you. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I started using unchristian names at him while I was getting them spewed <laughs> at me at the same time. Uh, and, you know, You'll have that on big jobs like this, you as will. Mike Webster once said. Yeah. But but th- that field four, and when you say deep, it just it brings back that memory. And I'm still pissed. I, I still think I might go step on him, step on his foot just to pay back when I <laughs> just, see him. Just to pay The back. Hall of Honor. He's in his suit. I'm just well, just, come up with a cleat. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I'm just going to slowly step on his foot, stare him in his eyes like, you remember that? Remember that? I still owe you. Still owe you. 
I'm still paying you back for that. You got you got four other toes I need to hit. <laughs> Let me, you know, for for our listeners, because we always love to educate. Yes. You know, we love to inform. What made Debo's no dip, just rip, uppercut so devastating on big guys? What is it that that makes it so so, so hard for tall guys to remember how often he got? Yeah. Uh, it was like a rear choke, the Maleo yeah. in, in jujitsu. Yeah. It's the rear naked chokehold. Yeah, I mean. So what made D De- because Debo's already height wise, he's already at an advantage, right? Lower center of gravity. Yes. And then when a lineman would try and go down to press You're six eight. All yeah, right, you I'm six eight, he's yeah. about five ten, five eleven. And the thing was he would get low, but he wanted you to get your hand on his chest. Right. Because he knew that once you got your hand on the chest, the out your outside hand, his inside peck. Yes. He would then take that inside hand on the on the rip move and would pin your elbow to his chest. So now I have no power. Yep. Just think about how strong this dude is with his forearms. You couldn't move it, and he would slingshot and use your use your force that you're trying to push back on, right? Yes, exactly. It now becomes you're a force You're trying to multiplier. create space. He yeah. won't give you space. He won't give you the space, but you're, you're straining to do it, and it's like a slingshot around the edge. And you have to be a very special strength guy to not allow an offensive lineman with a strong tricep, he can't move. And if and if you did have a strong tricep, he wouldn't take the elbow anymore. He would he would squeeze and dig into your tricep Triceps. so you couldn't activate it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean it was it was the most darndest thing, but it was so effective when you understand biomechanics. I was like, dang. I was like, so you so you almost you don't even want to throw your outside hand. Right. So now you're right. throwing your inside hand and it's making your hip swivel yep. because you're then swinging the gate. I mean, it, technically, the most, like, smartest, most intelligent, high, high football IQ move you could do to use body mechanics against a guy who has a physical advantage over you and use leverage. The thing that always just made abundantly clear was the fact that he made the most of his mechanical leverages. Yes. And spinning, it was like spinning some of those tall guys, you know, like a yeah. top. And that's you, you described it exactly. That's exactly what we need. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to come up with more stuff from here at training camp. It's Wolf Starts and the Ninjas, and we will be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio, presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. The end of hour two is, is upon us, Wolf. Yes. So this a fast is a, Sunday morning. Fast Sunday morning, and we are doing it in lightning fashion. In fact, this segment will be a little short. <laughs> um, but NFL news. How about this? Yeah. Uh, Niam Hines. Now, yeah. Max, I've got to ask you, you know, you know what it's like. When you come to ramping up to training camp, you start to avoid and shut down anything where you might sprain something, hurt something, whatever. Questionable activity. Questionable activity, yes. So you've got poor Niam Hines, who's a running back with the Buff Bills, just signed. He's going to be the guy for the year. Yeah, he was traded mid, mid-season last year. Was it? Yeah, okay. Traded mid-season. Okay, so you, yeah, I got yeah, that wrong. To get, but, to get a, bo- but to what get a we boost. Did, yeah. Yes, what we didn't get wrong is the fact that he's on a jet ski, mind his own business. Yeah, not doing anything bad. No, just – and he gets whammed by – T-boned by he somebody. He is literally still. He's not jumping ramps. Nope. 
He's not speeding out where, and coral or anything crazy. He's just there parked. Yeah. On his can jet you ski. park in a jet ski in the middle of the ocean? I, okay, you can. Well, not exactly you can in the middle. Kind of stop. Yeah. Okay. So you can like hang there and just idle, bob. idling. Yeah. There we I, go. Okay. He's idling, idling on a away. jet ski. Yep. And you're looking out, probably enjoying the beauty that is the expanse of the ocean, right? Or the lake, or whatever. I, I think it was the ocean. Okay. And somebody comes by, speeding by, and hits you, and t-bones you with another jet ski, injuring your knee. Which getting is, you put up for the season. IR immediately. Non-football. NFI list, right? Non-football yep. injury list. Yep. And your season's done. Just with your getting to a place where, okay, listen, I left the Colts. That was a, that was a dumpster fire. Right, you right. know, last year, the, that was the whole Jeff Saturday experiment and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. And, and you're going to Buffalo. Josh Allen, Stephon Digg. Well, technically right now it's a little sensitive subject <laughs> with that one. But you're going to an offense – that needs a running game, that has not quite materialized. It's the missing piece right on the puzzle. Yes. But it's literally the biggest piece in the middle of that puzzle is having a run game. Josh Allen can't do it by himself. In fact, he was leading his team in rushing, right? Yep. And you get Naeem Hines, a very skilled back, a kid who kind of been, you know, he got buried behind Jonathan Taylor. And now you have this opportunity, you're thinking, man, I'm going to come in, I'm going to reestablish the run game here in Buffalo, you know, the eight days back of Thurman Thomas, right? Yes. Those Super Bowl runs that they had with Jim Kelly and, and all of that. And then you get T-boned by a jet ski. <sighs> Tear your ACL, and now the season's done. You're done for the year. And you didn't even do anything bad. It wasn't like you went out. I remember playing paintball with Damani Dawson and a bunch of guys like a week before training camp. We ended yeah. up, for whatever reason, it ended up being there. And I remember saying, be cool. You know, when you're out there yeah. and you don't. No forward rolls no, behind yeah. the brush exactly. and trying to do any type of. What was that? What was that one movie where they, they, they would curve the bullets? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like Wanted or something? I can't remember what I don't know what it was, was, but I remember. Yeah. But, you know, I remember just like, be cool because we don't want to sprain yeah. anything or make something sore going into training camp. And that lasted for Shoot one me in the run. butt, if anywhere. There's more meat there. Dirt. Well, Germani yeah. Dawson shot me in the head, the jerk. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Uh-huh. I was like, I go, Dirt, I go, what are you doing? You shot me in. And he goes, yeah, I know, I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> so then the all bets are off because I'm out of the game immediately. Yeah. So then the next one up, I'm running and diving and stuff. like. And then afterwards I'm like going, you were really stupid. Listen, competitors will always be competitors <laughs> yeah, no matter true. the environment. You're like, we, we can't – it's just in our we, – we can't not compete. That's just how we're wired. You know, it's like if, even if it's uh, a can, it's like yeah. I move the can here. Now you got to move it closer, closer. or I got to drink it faster than you can. Like yeah. we, we make everything a competition. Yeah. And, yeah, so so putting a bunch of competitors in a space where it requires a little bit, you're trying to, like, tone it down like, hey, we're not going to really compete no, this hard. No, no, no. No, it takes one second, and the next thing you know is full-on, full-out full competition. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, let, let, let's end this here, the end of the hour, and then when we come back, we're going to come back and we're going to give you so, so, some looks at day three. Yes. Some of the things to highlight, some of the players that kind of, you know, had either bounce backs or continuing to ascend um, in day three when we come back. Because think about what's three. next. What comes back after we come back from a day off. It's yeah, pe- 
Piads. <laughs> call, I call them Piads. Piads, yes. Piads. Um, pad day will be upon us on Tuesday because tomorrow we'll be off because yes. it's the player's day off on Monday. Then we'll be back on Tuesday. And, yes, all of the frustrations and worries from padless practices will then come to a head in padded practice, the very first padded practice of training camp. So stay tuned. And stay tuned here for Hour 3 coming up in the locker room. Wolf and Starks here at St. Vincent's College in Latro, Pennsylvania. We'll be back in a minute. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 